0: You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Over.
1: This is Kim, and welcome to the 75th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Facebook or Instagram. Today, I have a very special guest, my friend and fellow choice theory enthusiast, Pam Slakey. Pam describes herself as first a wife, mother, grandmother, and friend, who is also a cosmetologist of 36 years. She values close relationship and deeper contentment in her own life, and in that pursuit, she sought training from many sources to achieve those most important goals. She's currently working as an associate marriage and family therapist, planning on finishing the hours for licensure by the time she's 70, one more year. She enjoys her pets, gardening, reading, and listening to podcasts like this one. As a past graduate of my mental freedom coaching program, thanks for
0: agreeing to be on the show and sharing your experiences. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kim. I always enjoy talking to you and it's wonderful to be able to see you via Zoom.
1: Isn't that great? I know, I love that part too. We've spent a year and a half not really being able to be in people's presence and at least Zoom brought us a little bit closer. I had the opportunity of seeing a lot of people that I wouldn't normally get to see. So it's been good that way. Yeah. Let's jump into this podcast and some of the things you might have to share with the audience. I'm wondering who or what, actually taught you the value of relationships because relationships seems to be a big theme in your life.
0: Yes. And as I was thinking about this today, it really started with the death of my mother. And nothing will teach you the value of a relationship like losing one. My mother, as you know, Kim, ended her life when I was 25. She was in her early 60s. And I immediately got into counseling, the only person in my family to seek professional help. From there, the journey just continued, seeking different programs, teachings, ways to deal with my grief, to deal with a future that had so radically shifted, and it's just been actually a wonderful journey of learning started with tragedy, but it's been a wonderful journey of learning. And then I was given the book, Dr. William Glasser's first book. I think it was just titled Reality Therapy, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Changed my life. Wow. Just changed my life. That's awesome. I must say his teachings were really the biggest teacher of learning how to manage myself, not try to control other people, learning about my needs and what's driving me and the fact that all behavior is purposeful. What is my purpose? What am I trying to get? It's just such practical wisdom about um, why I do what I do and what do I need and to realize that there are those factors and I can look at them and learn from them and make choices about them. Great, Pam. I know that when I met you,
1: I think you were a 63-year-old cosmetologist studying to be a counselor, and I was just so impressed by the fact that here you were at 63 years old, almost starting over, and I wonder what it's been like to actually realize your dream. Here you are doing counseling, something like what, five years later, six years later?
0: pretty amazing. What's that been like for you? Thanks, Kim. Yeah, it actually took me, I figured, 19 years to get through community college and then regular college and then a master's program and really kind of culminated this year in having a woman in my practice who was suicidal and really working with her. And it was so, so satisfying the day she said to me, I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't for you. Mm. And, you know, I began this journey wanting to be there for people like my mother who didn't have anyone to talk to. She died in 1979 and counseling wasn't, I know there's a lot of stigma today, but it's much better than it used to be. And so there was no one for her and no one really for the family to go to, to know how to help her and what to do. And I wanted to be that person. If I could just save one life, it would really kind of redeem that whole tragedy for me. And that really happened this year. I mean, I'm going to continue and it's wonderful to work with people and help them. But that was a much deeper goal within the education that I was able to satisfy. Wow. That had to be really cathartic.
1: I can only imagine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It has been.
1: So tell the audience about your journey on this mental freedom thing that we did together, the journey we traveled. How has it been being able to access mental freedom? Has that affected
0: your life in any way? Oh, yes. You don't even realize, I didn't realize, that I was even in a prison. I just did life the way I was taught, the way I was shown, the modeling of the people around me and Greater society. And I really didn't understand choices. Understanding the concepts that I began to learn through Dr. Glasser and that have deepened with you through mental freedom has helped me to have understanding and empathy and curiosity in place of condemnation and judgment and pain, (laughs) frankly. Wow. Wow. So I know that there's six components
1: of mental freedom. Was any one of them more meaningful to you than the rest?
0: Hmm. That's a really good question. You know, I think for changing the narrative or managing the stories, maybe, maybe a bit more. Responsibility and my ability to respond, my responsibility, that differentiation I've really hung on to and really helps me to stop and take a breath and understand, am I just responding or is this a response that I'm actually choosing from a more centered place? The uncontrust trust, both trusting myself and trusting that others are doing the best they can in the moment and remembering that. Helps me build empathy. Well, helps me have empathy for myself and for other people. Uh, choosing to want something versus thinking that I have to do something. I remember just a silly little story, but I was laying in bed one morning and I, I, had, I had to get up <laughs> because I was going to walk with my girlfriends. And as was my habit, I was moaning and complaining one of the seven deadly habits, complaining about getting out of bed. And then I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I want to, I get to, I'm going with my girlfriends and it's the only time I see them and I can walk. I've had major spine surgery too. So being able to walk is something that I appreciate. And it just totally changed my entire attitude in seconds. So that one's been very powerful. But I do think that when we stop to see that we're telling ourselves a story, this is important, especially with couples, that something happens and the wife tells herself the story about the husband, doesn't check it out with him, just tells herself that, or the husband tells himself something about the wife and believes it, and then their behavior comes out of that. And usually, uh, as you've said many times, we're hardwired for negativity as human beings. So we tend to pick something negative, And then we act out of that story we've told ourselves. I think so much of this is learning to stop, take a breath, as number five teaches, check in with our body and figure out the story we're telling ourselves, and then question it. Is that actually true? And what else might be true? And is it helpful? And helpful, well, what can I change it to that is helpful? That's been huge. Well, it sounds like you're able to
1: use that in your life. Has that expanded at all into the work that you do with others?
0: Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I use these skills so much. Not in just teaching, because people, I think, to learn something really need more of a felt sense of what the counselor or teacher is trying to teach them. And in my therapy practice, I really bring these, embody these skills. As I practice them in my own life, then I have them naturally to give away and model, especially in the passion that I have with bringing relationships closer and mending distanced relationships in couples counseling, which I love. It's very, very helpful to have the clients take a look at, Oh, what, what is the story you're telling yourself? Tell me about that. And then they can say that in front of the other partner and then the other partner gets to hear, Oh, that's what's going on. And there's so much understanding and clarity that happens when you get curious and understand that it is a story and that you can change it. That's awesome. So I'm
1: wondering if there's anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we end. We've had our short time together, but there may be something that you want to add to what we've already talked about. We might have missed some things. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Well, I think as you say that, I'd like to finish maybe with number six, which is to appreciate the glow the gifts, the lessons, the opportunities, and the wisdom. I've enumerated several of those as we've gone through our time here on this podcast that I was able to turn my mother's death into a gift by using my life to focus on relationships and mental health. And I did it through learning and meeting people like Dr. Glasser. I was lucky enough to meet him and yourself. You've been such a powerful teacher to me. And I've had the opportunities to do that and the wisdom then to take that out into the world. And I I remember one of the things that Dr. Glasser said in one of his books was to not quit, to not quit on myself, to not quit on my clients, to just not quit. And there's been many times in this process that I've wanted to quit and just, quote unquote, retire and take life easy. But that sounds good. But I also know that having a passion and goals is important for me. And building relationships, internal relationships, one's relationship with themselves and then with other people to be closer and more fulfilling is the wisdom that I want to take forward. And I don't want to quit probably ever.
1: Well, that's a good thing for your clients. I can say that for sure, because Pam, you have so much to give and Finding the glow in your mother's death, I can't even imagine how amazing that might be for you. And when you think about it, how different would you be if your mother hadn't have done that? You wouldn't have gone down this path of counseling. You would have been a whole completely different person. And I wonder if the world would have benefited in the same way it will benefit from you now and is benefiting already from your efforts now. I think you were a born counselor. I think I told you that. As a cosmetologist, you do more therapy than real therapists do, I think, cosmetologists and bartenders. You're the ones that get a lot of the problems and concerns that people have that aren't going to therapists. They go to their cosmetologist, their hairstylist, or to the bar, which is worse. I'd rather have people talking to the stylist than I would the bartender. But I think you've been impacting people for a very long time, and now you have the credentials to be able to do it legitimately, which I know is important to you, even though I think it didn't matter a bit to the people you were serving. But like you said, that relationship with self is the biggest relationship we have to get right with. And these credentials helped you get right with yourself. So I'm really glad that you did it. I am thrilled to hear that you're never going to give up and you may just keep doing this forever and ever and ever, which would be terrific. So give yourself permission at some point to slow down if you want to, as long as it's your passion, you're not going to want to slow down, but you can
0: have to find that balance. And this work is, as I don't have to tell you, this work is more intense than I realized. It's Mm. very, very important. It's very, very intense. And one does have to practice self-care and find that balance. So I just try not to take on too much. Make more time for myself. But one thing you said as you went through that, which you have certainly embodied for me, and uh, I think that comes up with the hairdresser, good friends, is safety. Is that people need that safe place to be who they are, and we need to have the internal safety that we're not going to create and degrade ourselves either. Doing cosmetology did provide a very close, intimate space kind of close, you know, where you're touching people's hair and being in contact with them and seeing them month after month. I can't give that up either. So I'm still doing that as well because, you know, those people you just get to see month after month, year after year, and your counseling clients come and go as they should. But providing that safety is number one. And these tenants in... Choice theory and reality therapy and mental freedom. I think that's the bedrock. Yeah, it's a
1: pretty good rock for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. Yeah, I love that.
1: I don't know where I'd be without Dr. Glasser's work. I built everything that I do around the ideas that I learned from him. So I know the value of choice theory and definitely
0: reality therapy and now mental freedom. Yes, And I may just be back, do faculty work too, Kim. So, hey, we'll be seeing each other on Mental Freedom and maybe on the faculty too. We'll see. That would be terrific. Last thing is if people listening to
1: this would like to get in touch with you and talk to you, is there a way that they could do that, Pam?
0: I'm on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Is it Pam or Pamela? Pam. Pam. And Slakey, S-L-A-K-E-Y.
0: hmm Do you have an email address they could write to you? Yes. Thanks for asking. It's Pam slakey M-F-T, at gmail.com.
1: Marriage and Family Therapist. I love yeah. those initials. Yeah. All right. Terrific. Well, thanks, Pam, so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I'm sure that my listeners will get
0: a lot out of what you've shared. Well, I hope so. That's why we do this work, isn't it, Kim? And so great to see you. Thanks for hosting. Oh, no worries. Thank you.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll join me next week when I'll be talking with Christine Duffield, a school teacher and another graduate of the Mental Freedom Coaching Program. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then.
0: This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz slash podcast and remember to subscribe.